As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sif Spoil for First Man. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Neil Armstrong walks on the moon. But he wasn't the first. <laughs> Funny. Um, man, uh, let's talk about some specific stuff. Okay. Uh, I, there are so many scenes in this. The movie ups you in the beginning. Ups with his you? daughter. Oh, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Had no idea. I really had no idea. No, Did I didn't. You? E- no, I didn't either. Yeah. In the way this movie, this is the secondary, you know, story of this movie, and that's again one of the things that that grabbed me was how much this movie was about him finding peace and perspective and healing with that own event in his life. There's this moment where he's talking to uh, Jason Clark. Did, did was he Gus Grissom? Who who did he who did he play? Jason Clark? Yeah, one <clears throat> sure. of the astronauts. Anyways, um, where it's like the one time in the movie where he kind of mentions it. Uh, Ed Higgins, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, I don't oh, know. Oh, uh, the swing set scene? Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, my daughter used to have one. And then Jason's like, oh, he's finally going to open up. And right. he's like, well, time for me to get home. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, man, I and was that, that close. And that, in, it, that encapsulates... Ex- excuse kind of the pun encapsulates the the whole idea of this movie of this man processing and dealing with this through the craziness and trauma of this space program you know the scene on the moon where he drops the bracelet that was is, such a tearjerker right is that there. true i Do don't you know. know did neil talk about actually doing that i never heard anything about that but if it's true whoa wow yeah yeah i mean i, I just the idea of him finding perspective in peace, and that's one other thing I'll say. You talked about how the only um, time the movie opens up is the actual moon scenes. Yeah. Very purposeful, right? This is the theme that he's playing with is the idea of sometimes you have to get far away from something to really gain perspective yeah. and peace and those kind of things. The only time this movie in IMAX is in full IMAX is, it when he's on, is the on the moon. 
I imagine that would be it. And it's it's kind of that Dorothy Wizard of Oz thing where it goes to color, you know, because you're in this new play. And yeah. It's a, and it's like it's the same kind of idea of using the camera difference to tell the story. Even though I didn't see it in IMAX, I could tell it was filmed differently because the rest of the movie kind of has like a, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say dated, but it has that, you know, grainy, not, you know, HD look to it. You know, it, mm, it kind of looks like of the time. But once they're on the moon, it is 4K'd to the max. It looks perfect and immaculate. Yeah. And then whenever he comes back, you know, and he's in the waiting room with uh, Lori Cox, is it Lori Cox? Am I saying her name right? I don't know. Or his who who played a oh Claire Foy Claire Foy yeah, m- oh, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even close no yeah. no no you're fine um uh, but whenever he's in the waiting or in the I guess the decontamination you know yeah. in isolation room it goes back to that graininess and you're like it was very noticeable well and I wonder if that's not just the IMAX but I wonder if he's making several choices about how he filmed that I wonder if he actually filmed at a higher resolution for those scenes I'm or, assuming he did I like he very much is. You know, he's saying something with his choices during that time that has to do with the, you know, the theme of the movie. I also will mention uh, this. This doesn't bother me as much as others, but it still just blows my mind. The very last moment of this movie is in the trailer after I watched the trailer again with them touching through the window. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's in the trailer. I'm just like, movies, stop putting the last moment in your trailers. It just bugs me. I would never have noticed no, that. No, no, no. I don't think most people would. Yeah. Um, but it's a beautiful way to end the movie, too. Oh, yeah. Just with them, you know, mm-hmm. connecting in that way. Uh, let's talk about a couple things real quick uh, that I before I forget. Sure. The most famous line that I think is going to go down in history for this movie is, it's a little too late for that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I got chills. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they're talking about uh, how much, what, what, what was the thing he said that it would predate or pre- emptied that it was something well, along somebody the lines a question of, about the sacrifice yeah yeah uh how what what would the what is too much sacrifice or we're sacrificing yeah. too much and he's like well it's a little too late for that and that's because i had no idea how many people lost their lives during this gemini project yeah. i was astounded i'm like okay well i thought maybe one or two possibly well, I knew the, like, I knew the three guys had had burned in the uh, in the Gemini. I did not know that one. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's where that was the only one I knew. That was Jason Clark. Uh, who else was? Well, that in? was there was a uh, that's uh, I know uh, was, Gus Grissom was the big name. Yeah, that died in that. Shy Wiggum or She Wiggums, however you say his name. But yeah, you see a lot of these people, uh, like Patrick Fugit early on. You're like, okay, yeah. Uh, Elliot as Elliot C. Like I had no idea. Mm-hmm. There's like nine people who lost their lives doing this. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, and it's 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 also you know the um, the idea of how this this movie taught you about the process and about the things that are going on. Um, the idea that one of these guys was probably you know slated. To be that moon, you know, on that moon project. Oh, yeah. The time, like the scene in the bathroom where Kyle Chandler, uh, you know, tells him you're the one that's going to be going to the moon. Um, Just all that kind of stuff, like to live that, to go in that vomit machine for the first time. And then just in the next scene, all their (laughs) clothes and vomit vomit on them. And it's just uh, just to be in those moments in that way and experience 
even just a little bit of what they must have been going through and figuring that stuff out. There's just moment after moment of of those kind of things. And something interesting, they show all that while simultaneously showing that he's still trying to hold his family together and be a father. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed so overwhelming for a single human to be able to do all that stuff. And it makes you appreciate even more how difficult it was for these people. And all that predates how dangerous it was because going up to like the vomit comet or not vomit comet, but the vomit machine Mm -hmm. and then him being a father that predates anybody we'd seen die yet. Mm -hmm. So at that moment you think it's crazy, but then it gets to a level of it should be impossible that we did this. It should be impossible. The fact that there are people out there who did all this. It, It should be impossible. Yep. That moment, that moment where he is explaining to them. Uh, first of all, there's just so many scenes. Every time I think of a scene, I think of a new scene. Um, <laughs> like the like the application process, I thought was really fascinating. Them asking him about his daughter and if if they think that will have an impact on he's him. Like, he's like, Yeah, yeah. I imagine something like that would have an impact on me, or something. You know, where it's like mm-hmm. right under right under the surface, you can almost hear anger. You know, like oh yeah, because they're just, like. Sorry to hear about your daughter. Sorry, uh-huh. is there a question? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. The stuff where, you know, Kyle Chandler is telling them about the project where he draws a to-scale line and says, okay, that's to scale, yeah. check it. Yeah. And it's actually it's not further. quite to scale. <laughs> He's like, Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, man, just all the, just piece after piece where it's, you know, the, the moment where Claire for, or Janet um, Armstrong is telling him, you have to tell our children that Ooh. you might not come back. Yeah. You cannot leave without having this conversation. And she makes him. Like, it's just... I Here's one thing I will say that I didn't say in the regular review that I probably could have. Because it's not necessarily spoilery. Um, I love what they do with Claire Foy's character. With the wife character in this. It feels... It doesn't feel forced. It feels like it really exists in the world of the 60s where there are cultural norms of the wife being at home, those kind of things. And at the same time, it does not rob her of her own um, agency at all. She is a part not only of the family, but also of the work decisions and those kind of things. She, you know, the the scene where they turn off the the speaker oh, on she her, goes she down makes there. him turn him back on, which is the quote I referenced at the beginning of the podcast. You yeah, know? you're a bunch of boys. Yeah, which you look at what they're doing, and it sometimes I could see from an outside perspective that being the case. Mm-hmm. You and I, you know, growing up in a time where yeah, we'd been to the moon, it seems like okay, they must have had their stuff together. But, but for no. back then, it well, must have seemed like a bunch of just suicidal glory for all or all or nothing yeah guys adrenaline junkies i mean i just think of adrenaline junkies with phds <laughs> i think of i try to think of what is a greater quote unquote accomplishment of of humankind you know that you would put above Going stepping the on the moon you None. know right the like invention I, of fire or the the finding of fire the the f- Invention of the wheel, landing on I mean, the moon are, is like you, you, you can't beat landing on the moon. Not yet. Like landing on Mars. Mars, Mars will. Pr- I don't even know if Mars will beat landing uh, yeah, on the moon. Yeah, Mars would. You think? Oh yeah. It just seems like I don't know. C- 
because going into outer space and landing on a different body other than Earth, we'd done that with landing on the moon. This movie made me appreciate just how the grandeur of that. Mm -hmm. But landing on Mars, I could definitely see, maybe because I didn't live through, you know, us landing on the moon, that landing on the landing on Mars, whenever that happens in a few years, is going to be that moment for me. And I'm wondering what is going to be the quote as he's walking, or as the person mm-hmm. is, you know, walking down. Yeah, it gets. Yeah, I don't know. It's so fast. Better not be YOLO. I, I try to think. <laughs> I try to think of medical, you know, accomplishments. Like I think transplants. There are some transplants that would be considered huge human achievements. Insulin the, or uh, no, not insulin. Uh, antibiotics. You know, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, I, there, there's definitely a lot of amazing stuff humans have done, but. I just the idea that 50 years ago we did this and even today it would be dangerous and a miracle and like it's just it's it's kind of mind blowing to me. Uh, the atomic bomb, which isn't a great, you know, but, you know, from a. Yeah, but there's almost a difference between inventions and accomplishments. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's. There's there's doing something, and I almost feel like now, and we're getting off on a tangent, but that's fine because the star show we can do whatever movie, we want. <laughs> <laughs> the movie uh, forces you to have these thoughts, though. Well, no, that's a great point, but I feel like there's you know there's almost a feeling now that I don't know that we would go to the moon today under the same circumstance. I without Soviets without stuff? something pressing us to make be able to sacrifice and make we are very anti-sacrifice now. You think of like human what it takes for human trials even in medicine like they don't yeah. let you do like you know it, it's it's interesting because obviously there's a line. We all have a line somewhere where we're like oh you can't do that. That's not that's not cool. That's not fair. That's not okay. Um but where is that line? It's somewhere before, you know, the Nazi doctors in Germany who would, you know. Yeah. The, what was it? Uh, Heinrich Himmler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Himmler. And that kind of, but can you see how it's kind of related, even though it's too far gone? The idea that you're willing to, of course, in that case, they didn't see the humans that they were you know, doing these experiments on as, as people. valuable people. Yeah. Uh, whereas with the space program, they valued those people even and as you they could sacrificed. See that come across and it, in this and movie. it was a and it was a self sacrifice. Like these people are choosing to be in this position. It wasn't like somebody's forcing them to. But let's say, you know, um the idea of medically experimenting on people who want to make that sacrifice so that medicine can get better, I think we'd still say no. We'd be like, no, you just can't you can't take advantage of people that way. And I, I might be in the minority, but I would be against that. Yeah, I don't I, think you'd be in the minority. You don't think so? I don't think so. I'm always just used to whatever I say. Wait, when you say you'd be against what? I would be against somebody uh, expressing, "Hey, these people want to, you know, uh, give themselves up for the betterment of human knowledge, and they're willing to." There's people out there who would be against that. I'm against those people. Oh, so you're saying you think we yes, should be, we should if, that people if, should be able to sacrifice their lives to the greater good if they want to. Yeah, and they're in, in a, human and testing, they're, and their their mental capacities and faculties are in a sound enough state to where they are, you know, making an educated and knowledgeable sacrifice as opposed to you know taking advantage well, of somebody. And that's who, what's so hard because, um, and God forgive me for bringing up the purge. 
But the idea behind the the first purge is that they took advantage of poor people by offering them money to do these experiments. And that's what happens with human trials is they because they pay them to do it, you have a lot of disadvantaged people who aren't necessarily doing it because they believe in it even necessarily. They're doing it because there's a paycheck involved, even for their family, even if they're gone, like even if they die, yeah. you know, that that money can go to somebody they love. Um, it's very hard to figure that out, you know, to know what that means. You could take it to the NFL and the concussions and those kind of things. Oh, yeah. you know? Do we say, okay, sorry, the sport's just too violent. Um, can't do it anymore. Or do you say, well, these are adult human beings who are making a choice to sacrifice a possible cognitive, you know, life to play a game and make a lot of money, you know? So it's just, it's, it gets very shady and complicated and we're not going to solve it here, but it's interesting to look back at the space program and go, they were just willing to, I mean, people died and they were willing to die because it was that important to them to, you know, achieve this human achievement. Yeah. And I think the movie does a great job at saying, you know what? Let's not be so quick to say it was worth it. Was it worth it? I think Post, it was. Yeah. I think it was, but you can certainly see <laughs> how you could argue the other side. Then you just come back to Ryan Gosling's quote, it's a little too late. It's for a little too late for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I even saying it again, I know we've been talking about it, but every single time I bring it up, I get chills. Just, <laughs> whew. It's just the way he delivers that line, just looking right in yeah. his eyes. It's a little too late for that. Yeah. It almost came across as like, how dare you even propose that, yeah. considering what we've given? Well, there's a war aspect to this too, right? That you could go into the idea of soldiers who have lost friends and like, of course we're going to... I can't make their life worthless. Yeah. So of course we're going to keep fighting, yeah. you know? So there's just... It's a very interesting and, and certainly sensitive and fragile thing to you know to tiptoe into but i think this movie does an incredible job at at finding a way to talk about it and to really consider it and to still honor you know what they do while at the same time being able to say um there there were a lot of valid questions being asked yeah so interesting stuff any other specific scenes or moments or Anything that you want to bring up? Uh, so there was one moment where the Gemini was trying to attach itself to the... Uh, oh, that was fun. That was a cool scene. Yeah. Just the sound it made a uh-huh. when it was spinning around. Yes. It was terrifying. And just how claustrophobic that scene makes you feel. Well, how much they should have died, too. Oh, you know, yeah. The fact that, you know, that Neil Armstrong was able to figure it out and mm-hmm. not pass out. He passes out. It's over. Oh, yeah. They're dead. Wow. It's just incredible. And in the movie starts with a scene where he bounces off the atmosphere. Yeah. And, you know. And oh, the tr- movie starts on 11. Yeah. And then it just ups you with the family. Yeah. And, yeah, it's crazy. Pacing, maybe the pacing was Yeah, tell me about the specific pacing parts. So maybe the pacing isn't bad. Maybe the pacing was sporadic. Mm. And the fact that it possibly for me didn't feel like it flowed as much as it spiked and then mm. dropped mm-hmm. it wasn't fluid enough for me as or maybe just not as fluid as what i'm used to Could so be. maybe it's just as a way of saying yeah that's just how life was you know these people just out of nowhere would get a call their friend is dead mm-hmm. because there was no you never saw a lot of them the people you just heard heard the phone call yeah the plane 
crashed and they're dead you know stuff oh like. man neil neil's at the white house when he gets the call yeah. about the guys and he breaks the wine glass in his hand and yeah man it's just so many moments like that i just i i'm just reliving them and just the power of them and i i'm really excited to see this again I, I really want to see it again. I'm hoping to go this week. So so whenever you see, whenever you go to see this movie again, are you going to be looking at it with a more technical eye since you've already, you know what's coming and stuff, or are you just going to go to enjoy it? I My experience has been time one, there's distractions of uh, anticipation. There's distractions of excitement, uh, all those kind of things that, that some play their way into my experience. My experience with movies I love is that time two, I love them even more, usually, because I'm able to sink into them and just, you know, watch them. Uh, time number three, I think, is where my brain starts to get more technical. Time number four, those kind of things. Um, so, yeah. So, I, I that probably won't be for a couple more viewings before my brain starts to be able to wander to other things. But it sounds like you're going to have those viewings on this movie. I think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Nice. I think I watched La La Land seven times during uh award season that year so i don't even I won't, to... I won't be surprised when i get that screener it's going in man i have no idea how many times i saw whiplash <laughs> whenever it came out yeah but for me like because his his like movies come out at the end of the year i get the screeners pretty shortly after yeah. they come out and so i'm able to sit at home and and watch them i don't think this movie do you tell me this do you think this movie will suffer as much as other space movies by being on a smaller screen no, because I can watch The Martian. I can watch Apollo 13. Gravity, and, though, definitely suffers from a, a small... There's definitely a different experience. Gravity in, is its own animal, as I think it's more a visual spectacle right, as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. telling an actual story. Yeah, true. I think that gravity is trying to show you the terrors of space. Yeah. Whereas this movie is more... Not that it's more grounded... Because it t- mostly takes place on Earth, but the fact that it's not trying to scare you in the same sense that gravity is. Yeah. So I think that it's not even the same type of movie. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Okay. I think that's fair. I was thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe, but yeah. That's just the only difference I would have. Even Apollo 13, it's more grounded. You can watch it because it doesn't take place in space it takes place in that capsule I so you're of, not losing anything really I thought of Apollo 13 a lot while watching this movie yeah I, I think this movie um, s- since Apollo 13 is in my mind the most put you in the seat uh, of of any space movie you know like I think of interstellar or gravity or you know and maybe that's just the true story thing maybe that's just because it's the you know the other one that's based on a true story I yeah. can't I actually can't think of right off the top of my head another big time space movie that was based on a true story uh the right stuff yeah i guess yeah i mean it's true (laughs) fair point (laughs) which is a really good movie by the way true if you haven't seen the right stuff go check it out uh anything else uh no i know i'll think i'll think of a half dozen other scenes as soon as we turn the microphones off sure yeah but uh, i think we've covered pretty much all the specifics i wanted to get get Mm -hmm. into uh i guess i will mention one other thing claire foy uh who we've mentioned is incredible um her eyes in this movie there was so i don't know if they dilated them on purpose or did something to them even in post-production 
they were their own planets. You know what I mean? Like they were like I saw the moon in her eyes. I just I was it just blew me away. Well, she's in the crown, isn't she? She's mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I even noticed how you know just she's got big eyes. You know yeah. And that's not a con. I mean, you know, it works for her because you no. can show a lot of emotion in your eyes, and she definitely does in this movie. Uh, and then I guess I would just mention the camaraderie between the guys I thought was another thing that was really well done. They had just enough of those scenes where they're palling around or joking around for you to understand, you know, that they are like soldiers in a place where there's only a select group of people that can really even understand yeah. what they're going through. And so you connect to those people in a deep way. Um, the Buzz Aldrin stuff we didn't talk about, the fact that like at the funeral, he's breaking down how they, you know, why they probably died and blaming one of the guys that died. Which I don't know if Buzz Aldrin was really like that. I, From every single interview I've seen, he seemed like the nicest guy. But but what it, the movie could be saying is that he didn't have a gatekeeper, that, you know, he was very straightforward yeah. with things. That he wasn't like, I, I honestly don't think the movie was saying he was a jerk. In that moment. You don't think so? No, I think the movie was just saying he was unaware of how he could be perceived as a jerk. In fact, there's a great line later where Neil says... Well, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying what you, you're all thinking. I'm just saying what you're all thinking. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Well, maybe you shouldn't. And I think that's who the character is supposed to be, is like he's just too honest about what his thoughts. Not that, not that he's a jerk. Yeah. Just that he doesn't have a gatekeeper. Yeah. So... Do you think that the movie suffers from the fact that it's pretty much solely about neil armstrong as opposed to the entire crew no in fact i think it's what makes the movie magic okay. I, I really do think i it's do too a, it's about, but i could see some people being like buzz aldrin's barely in the movie and he yeah. was the second guy on the moon <laughs> so i just wanted to get your quick take on that yeah so. no, no no i think it's obviously very purposeful and i think it's what i think it's one of the things that makes the movie the movie it is uh is that we are the intimacy and perspective of neil armstrong is is just fascinating yeah there's two scenes and i'm just going to keep coming back or three scenes i should say that i'm going to keep coming back to with this movie Uh, a little too late for that the um amazing score whenever 11 is taking off you just get so pumped up oh man there there are several score moments in this that i just kind of blew my mind yeah um, and then whenever he drops the bracelet in the crater. Yeah. Those are the three scenes I'm just going to keep coming back to in my mind. I am also blown away by how on the edge of my seat I was on the lunar landing. I'm like, I know they land it. And oh, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't help myself. I was like, are they going to make the, that crater? The fuel dial yes. that keeps going down. And like, even though you know, you know they land it, you're just like, uh, in, uh, uh. in that <laughs> moment, it seemed like Neil was saying, I don't care if we die right here. Because Buzz is like, hey, our fuel, we're almost out of fuel. And Neil is just focused. He's like, at the moment, he's like, I don't mind if I take Buzz out with me. We are landing on (laughs) the moon. I don't care if we die. We are going to land on the moon. Oh, and and reading the the other possibility letter. Oh, uh, Siren Hines, whenever he reads that. Where he's he's reading the the eulogy, basically, for them ahead of time. Because that's absolutely right. They had to write that stuff ahead of time. You see that a lot in shows like The West Wing, you mm-hmm. know, where they have uh, right, two yeah, yeah, versions yeah. of a story. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that was a pretty good scene right there. Oh, man. There's just, again, I, I, I'm telling you, I can just keep coming up with scene after scene and it just, it impacted me for sure. So, well, there we go. There's some spoilers on First Man um, and hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I may touch base on it again. 
You Where know, would you put see... it in your movies of the year so far? Great question. Um, I'll have to look to make sure, but I'm sure in the top five, probably in the top three, most likely one or two. Um, really? Uh, Incredibles 2, I really have to ponder some more. I need to see it again. Um, man, did I have a blast with that movie. Um, but it's definitely up there. Yeah. So. Um, it's going to be in my top five. It won't be top three, though. Maybe maybe like number yeah. four. Yeah. It's just... We're getting there, man. We're getting just, there. Just a couple more months. And I feel so. bad just... I just keep going, is it better than Infinity War? Is it better than Infinity War? And I don't know if I'm ever going to get there for this year. Because if that's Infinity fine. War... That's fine. If Infinity War is your best movie of the year, that's fine, no, man. No, but here's the thing. Like, I'm looking at Infinity War like, that's in a top 100 movie of all time for me. Sure. So can I look at a movie like First Man, which I can say from a technical standpoint is possibly a better movie, Yeah. but do I love it more than Infinity War? So Right, favorite versus best, yeah. Exactly, so whenever I'm making my list, I have to decide what kind of list am I making, right. and sometimes I forget what kind of <laughs> list I'm making. Well, it all kind of bleeds into each other. I, try, I usually make favorites list more than best of lists. Yeah. I think they're more personal and more interesting. Um, I think it makes for a better critique yeah, too because I think so too. whenever because whenever we are doing I think whenever you look at you and I I don't want to speak for you solely but whenever we do these we're doing these for the people who are going to say a favorite over a critical review yeah like because I want them to realize if Andrew likes this movie and he put it as a favorite I can understand more about what kind of movie he right. would like and Whenever he says he likes movies, yeah. I'll know if I'll like it or not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I should start getting some screeners hot and heavy here, and maybe we'll do some screener Saturdays or something. We're gonna have some fun with that. Yeah, it'll be good times. All right, thanks for tuning in. We'll uh, catch you next week, maybe with some spoilers. Bye. If you're a woman over forty dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.